Las Vegas. Great to see you guys back again. We are, um, first off, want to tell you guys Merry Christmas. This is Christmas week. Christmas is coming up on Saturday. I hope you guys have all your shopping done because it's crazy out there, like really crazy. I'm staying away from stores for the rest of the week. But uh, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great time um, celebrating however you do celebrate. Thank you for coming back and joining us on Realty Check. Um, if you are watching the show, you're following us, please take a moment, like, comment, share with your friends, download us so you'll get notified. If you're listening to us on any of the audio platforms, if you download our show, you'll get notified every week when we post a new show. If you follow us on YouTube, you'll also get notified when we post a new show. So please continue to watch us, show support, leave us a comment, let us know some feedback. I would love to know what you guys are really interested in hearing over this next year. Which, what topics are most popular? I'm going to be going through all of our old shows and seeing what were the most like trending and popular uh, shows that we had and try to bring some more of that content to you guys as well. But I love feedback. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, we have a great guest, one of my one of my favorite people, another one of my favorite people, Tiana Carroll. She's with us today. And Tiana Carroll is with Keller Williams, the marketplace. And Tiana Carroll is like, she's an amazing person. And she's also oh works with the Trish Williams team often. So often. we are we are we have a very close connection and I love her. Love having you I love here. You too. Yes. yes, it's like family, really. Yes. yes, absolutely. So Tiana, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Again. Yay. And we're going to do like, um, you know, we're going to talk all the, all the real estate stuff. We have some great topics we to do. Do. talk about this week because there's been a lot going on um, in, in real estate as, as always. Yeah. I'd say the last six months <clears throat> here have been really insane. There's been news <clears throat> all over in so many different areas that affect real estate. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been crazy. I was um I was recently um, over the last couple of days. If you guys are following us on Facebook, you'll see I was on the uh, Pat Hyben show. Yep, or the, that. That it's not great. called Pat Hyben show anymore. It's Real Estate Rock Stars. Right, Aaron and Mushasegi. Um, and they uh you know they once a month they do a state of the market show where they talk about you know news, what's trending nationwide in real estate. And yeah, it's always I mean it's always jam packed. There's right. There's a lot of stuff happening in real estate. We are not in a boring industry. We are not in a boring <laughs> industry. That is for sure. And there's so much changing, even in the past couple of years, this pandemic and how things are changing. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, do you remember calling buyers? And they're like, oh, no, the market's going to crash. We can't do anything. That was the beginning of 22. Here we are at the end of 21. And the prices have just kept rising. Yeah, no, the pandemic made prices go up. That's insane. Crazy. Why did that it's, happen? Right, you would think it'd be different. Well, I'm sure interest rates had something to do with that. Yeah, interest rates. And don't, I feel like there's, the pandemic has caused so many people to just like rethink their life. Right? Yes. Okay. And so that is a huge contributing factor, right? Because yes. now we're working remotely and people are moving away from big cities and hometowns and going back to family and working on beaches. We're seeing a lot of people moving out of cold weather areas and into that sun belt. And that all has to do with the freedoms that people are now experiencing because of the changes from the pandemic. Right. And what I've realized, like, it's just been something I've been thinking about lately is just regular life choices. There's been so many people over this last two years that have like maybe like overworked or something like that that says, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. My family's more important. Just with all of the loss and all of the 
the horrible things that the pandemic has brought. It has brought a lot of people to have realization, like, I want to change the way my life is living. And part of that is home ownership and home security and being where, you know, sometimes people are like, I'm not in the city where I want to be at, that we've seen so many relocations over this last year. There's been, um, I, there's just been, there's been a lot of uh, big, big changes with people's lives and a lot of housing, of course, in any of those big changes, right. usually housing plays a factor in that. Could be because that's where we live our life is in our house right now. So yeah. yeah, it's important. But you're absolutely right. There has been so many changes in regards to people rethinking the lifestyle that they want. And that in turn leads to change of space, change of home, change of location. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so starting off with our numbers. Okay. We're, in, numbers. we're in December. We so are. It is some of these numbers, even though these numbers are very, very low for a December market, very low, but some of these numbers are... It's the story of 2021, right? Right. <laughs> low inventory <laughs> all year long. But some of these are affected by seasonality. Um, there are some like less, you know, there, there tends to be a little bit less inventory on the market in December. Yeah. Historically, we yeah. do have less inventory in December. We also have some of the strongest buyers in December because if you're willing to go out and purchase and do a real estate deal in the middle of holiday season, you're, you're invested, right? You're, you <laughs> are definitely motivated. Yeah. For sure. Um, so single family residence, twenty three ninety nine. So that low. that's super low. It that is. is that is super low. Even for December, that is very low. I mean, usually around this month we're seeing four or five thousand in right. inventory. We are substantially lower in inventory than we are we are typically used to seeing. Right. And that's in just a stable market, like not a bad market, not a good market, but this is definitely something that to keep aware of and price right. reductions only 199 there yeah prices don't seem to be changing yeah when when we see slowdown one of the things that we usually see inventory will start raising yep. prices will price reductions people will start doing price reductions to move their property because those numbers even just a couple months ago were double what they are now right. and that's um that's one thing that we you know we tend to see happen and that shows us a sign that the market's slowing down for these numbers in December, 2022 is going to be another. Put your seatbelts on, it's people. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> interesting, right? Because yeah. there's so many factors that are going to contribute to it. And everybody wants to know, what's your crystal ball say? What's going to happen in the market? Should I buy now? Should I sell? What's going to go? What so we're pulling out our crystal ball right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So right. let's so do our forecast. Go. What are we seeing? <laughs> um, so our forecast for 2022. One of the things that I think is going to be huge and have a big effect of what happens in 2022 is interest rates. Right. Okay. So here we are, December of 21, right? And last week, the, uh, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, he announced that they're going to be up to three interest rate hikes in 2022. Okay. So why? Why do we need those interest rates hikes? At the beginning of the pandemic, we had this stimulus. And the stimulus was the Fed buying up these um, bonds so that way they could keep money moving. So now we have inflation, right? We're getting a stronger economy. Now we have to slow down the velocity of that money so that way it doesn't get out of control. The way we do that is we raise interest rates. Uh, interest rates are basically the cost of money, right? So cheap money is easy to grab and you can get those low interest rates and you can use it for schooling or for business or, or whatever. And then when you get that 
money with those higher interest rates, it costs more money to spend, so then you see it. there's a direct correlation between that um, low interest rates, low interest rates down here, yeah. <laughs> and high inflation and vice versa. So that's basically the Fed is going to control that flow of money because of um, that. So the interest rates are going up. They're also tapering off the buying of those bonds. They were projected to um, stop the tapering by June. Now it's moved up to March, which means we could see those interest rates come up as early as March for the first jump. And March, our hottest buying season. Spring, baby. Yeah, spring, baby. That's going to be interesting. So what do you think buyers are going to do as these rates start hiking? Okay, so if money is becoming more expensive to use and we're getting these higher interest rates, that's going to change the buying power of the buyers, right? If they're having to pay more of their payment towards the interest versus the principal, they're having less buying power. So it's going to be harder to get their hands on that money or for them to be able to afford what they could. So you could see a frenzy of buyers coming onto the market wanting to take advantage of those interest rates before they go up because it would save them so much money, mm -hmm. right? So, but you could buy more house for less payment. I buy. mean, that's more that that that's what it yeah. boils down to. I would rather buy yeah, more, pay less. <laughs> yes, I would rather buy a four hundred thousand dollar house at a two and a half percent interest, three percent interest, right. than buy a three hundred thousand dollar house at a six percent interest. Right. So, um, I just want to clarify that the money that they are um, the interest rate isn't you know for mortgage, right? That's the Fed's money that banks are charging other banks to get that money. It does, however, affect when they raise the interest rate, the mortgage, getting car loans, credit cards, things like that. Over. Right. It trickles down. It trickles down, trickles down. Yep, absolutely. And that is one thing that I've always seen a lot of times when interest rates start raising is, yeah, buyer frenzy. Frenzy. Buyer frenzy. Buyers are like, I need to get out. I need to buy before the raises go up even higher. There are sometimes that buyers that are not even... They're saying, I want to buy next year. Once they start seeing those rates hike, next year is out the question. They need to buy now. They change their mind. So I, I think 2022 is going to be another busy year. Prices are, I, I mean, one thing that I've been telling people throughout, you know, the last few months is um, they're saying, well, is 2022 going to raise? Are prices going to go up again? I said, well, December, you know, November, December is going to be a real determining factor. If the activity is strong in November, December, we're probably going to see a very strong 2022. If the activity slows down a lot, that might be a sign that we're going to be slowing down going into the next year. Um, this December, obviously, I, as far as I'm concerned, we're going to have a very hot season in 2022. Yeah, this entire year has just been crazy in reality, and it hasn't slowed down, and I see us moving forward at least the first two quarters in that same sort of momentum that we've carried. Yeah, and we'll see if rates have an effect on it. Um, one thing that I've heard a lot, which I do not agree with, is that some people say, well, when the rates get back up to you know five or 6%, prices are gonna drop, the market's gonna crash. I don't think, I, I, I really do not think that a market crash is in our, is in our forecast at all. I think that rates are going to raise and it's going to slow down buyer activity, but I think that prices going backwards is wishful thinking. Just with overall inflation, I don't think housing is going to get cheaper than what it is now. Right. Okay. So I agree with most of what you said there because, um, yeah, 
I don't see the prices like falling out and dropping and whatever. And that's what this is, right? They're trying to slow down that um, inflation and they're trying to keep the economy as stable as possible considering they have just kicked the can down the road, right? True. Though, because we are still recovering from a pandemic. We can't be naive to that fact. That's true. But um, I don't really see the crash the way people are saying because people are talking about it. They're aware of it. You know, um, the Fed is trying to make sure that they keep control of how this money flows and can we keep this economy going. Mm -hmm. So, and houses have been very stable. And then we saw the whole Zillow flub, right? <laughs> Let's talk about Zillow for Let's a second. Let's talk about Zillow. That's yes. my favorite. So that I'm, was a little gift to me. No, I'm just I, I, exactly. So Inman. Um, now Inman is for people that don't know what they are. They're a real estate, basically a real estate news article, real estate news source. Right. Um, we subscribe to it. As a lot of realtors will subscribe to Inman because right. it definitely provides a good resource of you know what's what's going on. It, it's it's nationwide and um, it's it's definitely a good resource. Anyways. Inman News had posted a article that um, of Realtors Christmas wishes, Realtors Santa wishes. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I have a list for you, Santa. However, on that list, one of the top Realtor Santa wishes was that Zestimates would go away. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Santa, can you please come through? Um, however, Let's talk a little bit about that. Zestimate, Zillow, what's going on with Zillow? What we've seen happen with Zillow, like the, oh my gosh, the chaos they just went through. Regardless of all that, I don't think that we're ever going to not see Zillow around. I think Zillow is one of those things we're just going to have to get used to. And we're, we're, they're not going away completely. I think they learned their lesson about the flipping and the eye-buying that they, they're probably never going to get back into that. It was a huge loss for them. Right. But they're still a very well-funded company. Right. Well, they're profitable in their online platform, mm -hmm. right? They took on Zillow what was it, Zillow Offers? Was that the flipping company? Yeah, Zillow Offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they thought they were going to buy up all these properties and they were going to flip them on a very sort of methodical plan using this algorithm. Well, flipping a house and real estate in general is so localized, right? We've got thousands of little pockets all around the country that each hold their own um, market. And to do it nationally on this algorithm, Zillow went Okay, we made a mistake. I still think they're going to be around, like you said, because their online platform does provide a service. It makes buyers and sellers think that they are getting the same access that realtors are in our um, MLS shared community for realtors. Now, that's not true, right? Because they're this <laughs> capture site. They get leads. They sell it to realtors. But the general perspective from people is that, oh, I don't need a realtor. I can just use Zillow. Yeah. So they've created this niche for themselves. They thought they were going to expand. We got to see it blow up in their face. Realtors were like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zillow. Sorry. Yeah. But, I hate that. But they have been like our like, well, they've been nemesis, a thorn in our right? side because their information is not correct. They're not localized. The things that make a good realtor valuable, they tried to dismiss and take away and run it on this very generic national level for a very localized um, product and it just didn't work out for them. And, and Zestimates, come on, let's really talk about Zestimates. How many times have we been with sellers trying to explain to them that this Zestimate is nonsense? Like, right. And sometimes, sometimes they get it. Sometimes they get it good and you're like, oh, okay, that one actually 
you know, believe it or not, that vestiment is accurate. Sometimes right. we see that, but more times than not, we're at this battle, either, you know, it's too high, it's too low, it's too whatever, you know, we're telling the seller what prices are showing from our knowledge, from our research, from knowing the market, knowing where we're at and what the home should sell for. And we're explaining that to them and, and they're just like, but no, this estimate says this. Right. And <sighs> that was it, right? Zillow got credibility instantly yeah. because it gave the people what they wanted in their shopping. Like my favorite thing is- They think it's is, an appraisal. Right. And it's not an appraisal. It's just not. Right. So it gave the people what they wanted. They gained instant credibility. People see a estimate and they think, wow, my house is worth this. It may or may not be worth that because you need to talk to somebody who's actually knowledgeable in that market. And so as realtors, we're just like, it's fake. Please quit listening to them. We know what we're doing. They don't know. Exactly. <laughs> but it just, for realtors, when they tried the eye buying and they were buying up everything over market value. Oh my and gosh. now they're just trying to unload like 7,000 houses across the country because they're like, whoops. Just kidding. This is tougher than we thought. <laughs> Under market value now, too. Some of the, right. there, there is definitely that's something to be looked at is there's some Zillow deals out there right now. There are some Zillow deals. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, um, in the fall, like, um, September and August, everybody was saying Zillow's market manipulating. They're buying up all these properties and they get- to manipulate 10, the market. Right, because yeah. they're going to buy 10 houses at 300,000. And then the 11th house, they're going to buy at you know, 400,000. That's going to make those other houses all go up to 400,000. Kind of yes and kind of no. It's not exactly like that because we're looking at a time frame. Those 10 houses could have been purchased a year ago. No appraiser is going to look at what sold last year. They're going to look in the last few months in a fast-moving market. So it's going to change the value a bit, but um, they learned their lesson. So regardless of what the rumors were and the conspiracy, conspiracy theories, they're manipulating the market. They've uh, kind of taken a step back and said, okay, this is what we're doing now. And they're still going to stay on their online platform and it's still going to be a resource that people use to look at pictures of houses and, you know, get their estimates. And we're just going to have to fight through that and let Zillow be Zillow. Yeah. And then we'll be realtors doing what we do best. So I've heard of stories, and this has been um, nationwide from realtors from other um, other states. Uh, so I haven't um, I haven't heard of anything any of that happening here in Vegas, but maybe it is happening other places. Of Zillow actually buying or talking, um, contacting the sellers for homes that they had purchased from them, mm -hmm. and selling them back to the seller at a lower price. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I hadn't heard that, but that's interesting. Yeah. Because right? they're backpedaling. And I guess recouping some money is better than no some money. Some money is better than no money. So I've, I've, I've heard of that in a couple cases. Um, I've heard of it from more than one source. And I, you know, again, I can't, I have no way of verifying it. Hasn't yeah, happened to somebody I know personally in a, any, any transaction I've had my hands on. But wow, that is pretty amazing. So yeah, um, I, I have heard that there, there are so, some... So just one second. Hey, Zillow, if you'd like to buy my house at an inflated rate and then sell it back to me cheaper, I'm totally in. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Me too. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Right. But they're not buying anymore. No, so no, we, we, we missed that. that boat. Yeah. yeah. Shame on us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I, but I have seen, um, you know, again, there's some, there some deals to be had out there with Zillow Homes. If you see one and you feel like it's overpriced, definitely contact your favorite realtor. That would be me or Tiana. And, uh, <laughs> and... Um, let's make an offer because right. they'll probably take it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that was happening in the height of the market, right? If yeah. we came, we had properties and we just wanted to offer them quick for our seller for whatever reason, they needed a fast transaction, selling it off to Zillow and getting above market value was like the go-to. Like, hey, we'll just sell it to them and we're good. Yeah. And then it was, the, the sellers were happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so yeah, so, so they are, there's definitely deals to be had there. Um, let's talk love letters. <laughs> Okay, so this is um, interesting, right? Because people have very different stance on this, right? So let's first off explain what a love letter is. What is a love letter? Okay, so a love letter is not to your love of your life to profess your feelings. It is from a buyer to a seller to express why they love that house and why that seller should pick them to purchase this house. And we saw that a lot this year because we had such a short inventory. We we're getting in bidding wars and buyers were wanting that edge. What makes them stand out? How do I get my deal accepted? So they're writing love letters and it sounds harmless, right? Like, hey, you just write a letter and say, dear Mr. Seller, we love your house. We can't wait to raise our family in your house and put our Christmas tree in that great bay window in the front. So, right? And, and exactly, that's exactly what it is. But why do they work? Because you have a house, okay? Uh -huh. You have a house. You've lived in this house for 15, 20 years. You raised your children in this house. You Houses are emotional. Regardless right. of what anybody says, real estate is one of the most emotional transactions you will Agreed. ever deal with in your life. Your home is emotional. You want someone to love your home like you do. Okay, so that's a state of mind that some people have, right? right? Um, we have this saying in real estate that you are selling a house, but you're buying a home. Mm -hmm. So um, for sellers, it's very, usually very transactional. Bottom line, get me the most amount of money for this house. Now, there are sellers out there who have raised this, their children in this house, and it has been their home, and they want to see this home go to another family versus an investor like Zillow who's going to flip it and make money and change it or whatever. Well, right? how does it make you feel when your family home, you see purchased everything gutted out and then replaced with other stuff, and then it turns into like a rental, you know, and you're just like... But what oh, does it matter? Memories. I know. What does it but matter? But what does it, it matter? matter? Because but... you've moved. It yes. is no longer your home. It is their home. Yeah, but there is an emotional, there's an emotional, like, something there. I know that our, our last house, right? Our, um, and this is a personal, personal story. Our last home was in the family for years. Mm -hmm. We loved the home. My husband was so attached to that home. The new people that purchased the home, like the yard died, they painted orange, like, and there was like all these, it hurts my feelings to drive by that home. Okay, well, I'm sorry <laughs> that your feelings are hurt, right? But the, the, the reality is it's, it's a transaction. I know. Okay, I know. and so yes. here's the thing. When it comes to love letters, um, I have personally seen them work in the past, right? Military families want to help out a young military Absolutely. family and they're going to sell to them. Or you get a couple who's been in that house for a decade and they know all of their neighbors and they want their neighbors to like the new person they're putting in. So they want to put owner occupied and not sell to investors or whatever. You can't change people's mindsets, right? It's not transactional for everybody. It is highly emotional and the biggest investment most people make. So I 
get it. But the reality is it is a transaction and we are protected by the fair housing laws through HUD. Absolutely. Right? So we have to go ahead and protect um, against race and color, familial status, national origin, religion, sex, all of those things. That means no matter who you are, you have the same opportunity as somebody else. So whether you celebrate Hanukkah or whether you celebrate Christmas, you can buy the same house. So when you do a love letter, right, then you are doing what is this um, implicit bias. And people subconsciously are making decisions like, oh, I don't want to sell the house to them because they have dogs and I'm a cat person or whatever, right? Yeah. So now you have this implied status. My stance is I've seen love letters work. If my client wants to write a love letter, I have to advise them to stay out of the protected classes. Don't include pictures. We don't want any of uh, that implicit bias coming through. But in reality, that's why you get a realtor right? You want to be advised and you want to make the strongest offers. So instead of saying, um, dear Mr. Seller, I love your house and I really, really, really want to put our family Christmas tree in the bay window, something that might be more effective is making sure that you're using your preferred lender, a local lender that you have a relationship with and that they've already gone past the um, pre-approval and they're gone into a prequal. Have them contact the listing agent and say, like, this buyer is solid. Yeah. Right. Because and, the, the transaction should be more right, of what right. matters. So getting that deal um, accepted and moving into contract, you're going to want to make sure that's on the merit of the actual transaction and not because we love that bay window for our Christmas tree. Absolutely. And, and there's, there's, there, there is so much to be said about that. And when you look at the reality of it, it does discriminate. Love it, letters do open the door for discrimination. And it's something that we never thought of. Well, I never thought about in the past until, you know, NAR released this article right, last year. Right, so that's year. the optimism in you, right? Yeah. You're like, the glass is half full. We'll write a letter. They'll love you. They'll get the house. But what happens if it works <clears> against <throat> you? They hate you. And yeah. you don't get the house. Right. Yeah. It, it just never, yeah, never thought about that. When NAR released the article, I was like, oh, wow, that is, that is, there's, there's something to be said about that. Right. So in um, Oregon, there's this lawsuit going on that it's against free speech and that, um, it goes through in the beginning of the year. It's, um, Oregon bill two zero five five. Yeah. Think. So Oregon is, is to be the first state to make it a law. Right. That, bans that goes into effect January, 2020. Right. Two, that in Oregon, that you can't do love letters. It'll go right in their MLS. All love letters will be omitted from offer. Yes, and, and that is something that NAR has suggested us to put in our listings right now at the right. current time. Because what as realtors, our, our, our duty has been whatever information that the buyer sends over, we have to provide to the seller to present the full offer. If there's a letter attached, we have to present the letter with them. Right. And up until... Up until right. this well, our, came out, right? Yeah, because our fiduciary duty is to present all offers to our seller and complete offers. Complete. So if their offer includes a cover letter, if their offer includes anything, we're supposed to present the whole thing. But the um, when in our in the NAR released this article about the the love letters and highly suggesting that we do not or that we tell the listing agent or we tell the buyer's agents that we will not be taking love letters, um, be, just just for that reason. So. Yeah, it, it definitely brought awareness for something I didn't 
consider or think of before. Right, right. Shedding light on it. Right. Which is nice. Right. Nice. And especially seeing that that is the um, way that this seems to be moving with the start of Oregon making it law that we have to abide by and we should be abiding by those HUD rules. We should protect all of our neighbors and give everybody the same opportunities and on the same playing fields. Right. Period. Absolutely. However, there's one. There, oh there is Here we go. one supporting factor um, of love letters that was brought up in this lawsuit. You know, um, be, put aside the ban of free speech, which I feel like I feel like that's a whole different area. That's not really. I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I feel like that's taking it a little too far. Um, however, one of the supporting arguments for love letters is that. It does, um, it has had the opportunity, which is true, to help home buyers or even first time home buyers have any type of chance at competing against these investors and institutional, in, institutional investors that are out there scooping up all the houses. Okay, so uh, I will give you the fact that that's the way it looks from the outside, right? Right. But we have a very simple box on our contract in this state. Oh, sorry, this microphone. This is true. Um, we have a very simple box. Yes. Owner occupied, check. Then they know that you that person buying the house is living in that house. So yeah. if they want to avoid investors, they just only seriously consider owner occupied. Right. Should sellers avoid investors or consider... I mean, there that that's where, again... Should investors be discriminated against? I mean, is it? It's still a form of discrimination, well, right? Well, an investor, in theory, on paper, right? The entity is a corporation. Is a corporation. And it's not a protected. It's class. not a person. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that is a very good point. And I, again, the um, when it, when it comes when it comes down to it, overall, I've, I've said this many a times. Um, there's. There's no law or legislation behind this, though there should be. I think that there should be some kind of incentive for sellers to sell to owner occupants, maybe an incentive that worked in like um, capital gains, you know, a, a have a lesser percentage of capital gains tax or some, something right. for people to sell to owner occupants versus corporations. Um, there should be some type of incentive for sellers to do that, which would give people, actual home buyers, more of a chance where we don't have to go into love letters or we don't have to go into anything else that gives them that opportunity. Yeah. So that's an interesting take, right? Like keep it balanced because we did see it in this year, especially we saw so many investors just coming in and hoarding all of the properties. They're still doing and, it. Right. And then that creates, um, if they're holding them long-term hold, that creates an environment of rentals and it doesn't give people the opportunity to purchase. So it is a sort of two-edged sword, right? right? Because you want the investors to come in. That's an indicator of a strong market. When you see investors start pulling out of the market, then you're like, oh, okay, so we're going to be shifting here in a minute. And they're still in our market, so we're still strong. Uh, I do like owner-occupied houses. I think that everybody should have the opportunity. It is the quickest way to generational wealth is to be a homeowner. You're going to have those tax benefits. It is good, and it should be open to everybody. Right. And, and one thing that we've seen this year, I mean, uh, some of the things, even like with Blackstone, you know, they, they're, they're owning the companies that you work at and now the homes that you're renting. I mean, they're your boss and your landlord. I mean, that right. there's, there, there are so many, I, I, 
America is okay, okay so for I opportunity. Can go down, I can go down a <laughs> rabbit hole with this yes. one, and I won't because I, I do that whole corporate America thing yeah, is it, sort of a vice for me. I want right. to it, it, dig it, in. It, it, it's okay. There's nothing illegal about it. However, there is, there is you know, we, we definitely uh, want to root for the homeowners. We want to root for the people. We, we do want, I want to. I want to. I, I'm yeah. here to advocate and to help people realize their goals in home ownership for whatever reason, whether it's investment, like, you know, so in the past we've seen like, boomers and gen xers and stuff holding on to homes for long-term holds in their investments and it's like seven to nine years or whatever but now we're seeing a change in that with like our millennials and our gen z's and they're doing it more for money they're buying a house they're keeping it 16 months they're selling it they're moving to a different and this came from the pandemic too right they're like okay i'm gonna try arizona i'm gonna try nevada i'm gonna go to utah and they're but sort of buying and selling these homes on a much faster pace because that's what it is. It's transactional. They're not falling in love with the house and staying there and raising a family. So it changes real estate in that aspect. They're only able to do that though because we're in such a strong market. Right. If we were in a, and a they're taking normal market. Of yeah. It. If we were in a normal market, they would have to stay in that home for five, ten years to build the equity because that's what a normal market is. You don't build equity in 12 months. Right. That that right. is not normal. Like that in a normal market, they would have to stay there long, you know, for a while and, and, and get Girl, we are in not in a normal market. This is what is happening right now. People are taking that money that they're making on those houses rapidly and moving and changing yeah. their lifestyle and stocking, piling yeah. money and doing using yeah. real estate to the best of their advantage. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing right or wrong with it. It's just the way the market is. And we don't make the market. We just as realtors have to learn to navigate and work yeah. through it. And we're just here to advise our clients the best decision for them at this moment. That's how come when people say, well, what's the market going to do next year? Well, <laughs> it's always the market and it's going to fluctuate and it's going to change and you're going to make money. Are you going to make money this year or are you going to make money in five years, right? Well, the market will decide that for you. Right. Um, so when I was interviewing the, um, a couple days ago or last week with Aaron M Muchisegi, um, that was one of the things that he had said. He says, we all know, you know for a fact that if you bought a home today in 30 years, you're going to have profit. Is, is there anybody out there that doesn't believe that? Right. Well, it hasn't changed. I mean, it's gone up and down, but the market comes back up. It, People it, make it money always, 30 years. Right. It's a long-term hold. That's, it's, it, it's a long-term hold, but we all, I, I feel like every single person knows that long-term, how could it be a bad decision? It's right. not. And better than renting, right? right? Renting is you lose so much money. If you have the ability to buy, yeah. buy. Yeah. If you look back at how much money you paid for a rental for 30 years, come on, you'd be sick to your stomach. And then you have nothing. You're not you, getting those tax benefits. You're not gaining appreciation. You're paying a landlord instead of your own mortgage to benefit your life. Yeah. And rent. And when you die, your children get nothing. Or, or and even if you don't have children or whatever, you know, right. what, what, whatever it is, it's not, renting does you no good. 
renting does you no good. There's, there's, right. I, we no, just I love this. I love this. Like the yeah. millennials and the Gen Z's who are coming in and they're making money and they're finding ways to use real estate to benefit them. And it's a different, um, take on real estate versus the boomers and the Gen X's who are doing that long-term hold and they're making quick money now and going on with their life. And however you can use real estate to help you do it. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is, it's so, real estate has so many factors. It's, you know, buying your first home, which is, if I, I feel, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a realtor, if you do not own a home today, you need to figure out how you're going to get on that path to own one. That needs to be the most important thing you're working on because it, it, it is important. But once you're there, once you have your home, your first home, start thinking of ways you're going to start building wealth through real estate investment properties or, you know, in, in holding and taking there, there's so much opportunity there. There is opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of life in general, right? You got to seize opportunity when it comes available yeah. and real estate is a good financial opportunity. It is. It is. Well, we have talked so much. <laughs> we got carried away. Did we go over? It's yes, possible we, we went, went over. We went over. Don't That's hold okay. that against us. You guys are fine. Uh, I, I'm sure the audience appreciates it. Okay. Yes. We had a very good conversation there. So, Tiana, how do people reach you? Ah, well, uh, magically appearing on the screen now will be Ooh. my name and phone number as well as my email address. So if you can't see the screen, I'm at 702-379-9948 or 702-househunter at gmail.com. Awesome. And I am at Trish Williams at kw.com, 702-308-2878. Uh, you guys can follow us on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Audible. We're in Audible. That's crazy, right? That's um, crazy. We're, uh, we're, we're in basically any Audible platform. We're in some other ones, too, that I don't even know the names of, but I've, like, Googled myself. We're going like, to hey. be streaming on Twitch next week, so it's going to be fine. I think we might be on Twitch already. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Like, I, I literally I've Googled myself. I was like, I didn't even know this place streamed podcasts, but I'm there, Funny. so that's awesome. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in a lot of places. Um, you can visit our website, www.trishwilliamsteam.com if people still do that. Do people still visit websites? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't even visit my own website. So. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, we're and definitely on social media. Um, just look up Trish. Google Trish Williams Team. You'll figure out how to reach us. Um, <laughs> thank you, guys. It's great been having, um, having you guys uh, following us, having you on the show. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday, and I hope it's a great year. Um, we definitely deserved a great year after everything we've been through over the past couple years. Let's hope for a wonderful 2022. I just feel good energy and Come all on, of this 22. crazy Bring in the magic. pandemic madness is going to go away. It's going to go away. Let's do that. Let's put that out in energy right now. It will go away. We do not need this around anymore. So, um, guys, thank you. Please like, comment, share, follow, talk to us, reach out to us. Always happy to answer questions. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. <music>